I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Thursday again. Tell everybody to lock in. Grab some popcorn or drink and go and throw your AirPods in. It's the one-hour show, constantly speaking facts. Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt. And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style. Jake is going to educate you. He has that knowledge on fire. Players, step your game up. Don't be sluggish or lazy. Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby. Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform. Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards. No hot takes. This is where the hottest debate's at. Now kick your feet up, because it's time for straight facts. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. It's my guys, Jake Galley, Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson, and we are here to break down still the first round of the playoffs. But I, I got to say, one of the more entertaining first rounds that I've seen in a long time, man. Like, there's, there's only been a, a couple of, like, not you know crazy entertaining games. But, yo, this first round, Ben, this first round, we lit. I think it... it- can somewhat be attributed to the play-in tournament, really getting things started, like the scene in Minnesota when they were in, leading now into mm-hmm. obviously them winning in game one, which we'll get to. Uh, there's a lot of parity this year. Also helps Brooklyn's a seven seed. I don't know if you really want to consider them a seven seed. But yeah, it, it, it's been exciting. And luckily the sleepiest series has been my, our Philadelphia 76ers Cleaning the clocks of the Raptors. I don't know if it's the sleepiest. It Miami's really helps that everyone in the West that has a shot to win the title, other than Golden State, has never won a title. So it's really exciting just to have some new blood. We had Milwaukee win it last year, who hadn't won mm-hmm. it since 71. Phoenix has never won it. Uh, just look at the contenders. We try. None of them have won we recently try. other than Golden State, really. Right, right, right. A lot, lot of parity. Speaking of parity, we got a fact straight at you. That's exciting because we, we haven't had a fact straight at you. In a long true time. Parody. And yeah. true, true parody. But here you go. A fact straight at you. Only five seven seeds in NBA history have advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs since it expanded to 16 teams in 1984. We bring that up because there's a very interesting seven seed. We talked about on those Brooklyn Nets who have as good a chance as anybody in the NBA to make an NBA finals run. So we're going to focus on that Celtics-Nets matchup in our first segment. We're going to call it Going 7. Because we're going to name a couple of series that we may think have a, have a potential to go deep, maybe even seven games. And I think Kyle's not here with us uh, getting that work in. We miss you, Kyle. Miss you, buddy. But I think the genius in this uh, is that it focuses on the seven seeds. Uh, that, that was his intention. We're going to talk about the Sun series as well because yeah. it deserves uh, a look. But, yeah, good, good looks on Kyle for the multi-layer 
uh, segment idea. See, that's a true player in the game. Make your presence felt even when you're not here. We appreciate you. So let's get into that Celtics-Nets matchup. Game two is tonight. Wednesday as we're recording. So this is going to be mostly largely focused on game one and what we think could happen in game two, but don't sue us. Cause by the time y'all hear this podcast game two, will have already been played, but last year, the Nets won this exact same first round series four to one. This time the Celtics are up to a one Oh lead after Jason Tatum's buzzing buzzer beater in game one, a nice spinning buzzer beater, which by the way, displayed some of the, the least disciplined defense I've seen in a very long time. All from, watching. From the, yeah, that, that was that was. You ever want to see what a not defensive team looks like? Watch the Celtics give, in that or the Nets in that last possession. We have to give credit for Tatum because if he doesn't spin, that's a charge. Yeah. So that's instinctive. And the cut, the the, yeah, the, the inc- cut to even set that up, and that the, the the Celtics showed amazing discipline themselves to have six seconds on the shot clock and do two extra passes. The one to Marcus Smart from Jalen Brown, and then obviously Marcus Smart after the pump fake to find a cutting Jason Tatum. To have that much poise with four seconds left, I'm like, there's no way Jalen Brown And that's Brown after passes. a horrible offensive quarter of basketball. Yeah, they only like, had 17 points in the fourth quarter until that last play. It, they had blown a lead going to the fourth, and mm-hmm. it didn't phase them at all. No, it was beautiful. So to, to put that game one in a vacuum, some notable stats from Boston. Jason Tatum led the way, 31 points, eight rebounds. Al Horford. <laughs> That should make your skin crawl a little bit. But Al Horford, 20 points, 15 rebounds, 62% from the field. Marcus Smart, fresh off a winning defensive player of the year, 20.7 rebounds, six assists, including that game-winning pass to Jason Tatum. So we focused on the Celtics' side and the Celtics' point of view. Here's that. What did you see from him? Al Horford had 15 rebounds. The entire net starting lineup combined had 16. So I, I think, like, if you look at how Boston won game one, this wasn't a, a shootout of a victory. Like it wasn't wasn't crazy high scoring. Kyrie led the way with the Nets with 39 points, but Jason Tatum led the way for the Celtics with 31. Um, there were some sloppy moments, some moments where both teams struggled to put the ball in the basket, but the team that played better defense, played had better, longer possessions, and held on to the ball best, the Celtics, ended up winning the game. What's crazy is if you just look at the line stats for Brooklyn, they shot 53.8% from the field, 45.8% from three, at 19 or 24 from the line, you don't lose that game. Yeah. But they did because it, the Celtics dominated on the boards and they just did not, and they took advantage of a bad KD game. Yeah. And, and you were talking about, you, you talked about they were coming off an abysmal shooting quarter and, and bounced back to go and win that game. I think the Celtics and I forget which quarter was alone. They had ten. They had 10 turnovers in one quarter alone. Maybe it was the third. And for the Nets not to take advantage of any of that, is is just terrible on their part. Like like Boston did show so much vulnerability in the latter part of that game, and the Nets just weren't able to take advantage of it. And that's not something that I would I would expect to see. I would expect to see if you give KD and Kyrie and company extra possessions, you expect them to hit on those. And the Nets didn't. That that kind of shot themselves in the foot, did it not? It did. I don't like. What bewilders me is how the Nets. The good Nets, word, good word, by the way. The Nets are the better team in this series. I would say, talent-wise, you have the better. Sure. Two, you have you have the two best players in the series. I yeah, would say. yeah, yeah. Okay. To me, that points the finger. Um, turnovers aside, to the others, we'll call them right. Like I don't know if there's any way that you're getting more. You're getting the most, I should say, out of Andre Drummond, guys like that, when he's having to run around guard Al Horford. We mentioned Al Horford. Uh, having a good game. You know, when Drummond's on him, he's going to have a, a really good game. Uh, Drummond getting into foul trouble early killed him on the boards. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's he's an all-time great rebounder, and he had four fouls in the second quarter. I, I just think, like, what you would want to do with Horford is keep him posted on the outside, and that's the last thing that you want from Drummond. So that 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 right there is the first adjustment that I think coming going into game two I'm going to be looking for. Um some other ones on how they guard Kyrie. I know that uh, Marcus Smart is technically he hasn't been awarded it yet, but he, I believe he has the votes. No, no, he was awarded it. He was defensive player of the year. Yeah, he was awarded it. All right, so I'm asleep. Yeah, you're he, he's the sleep. De- either way. I say all that to say he is the defensive player of the year. Thirty nine points from Kyrie. If I'm Boston and I'm at home, and you know all the all the things we listed just happened, and it and we win by one. Uh, I, I'm not feeling super great going into game two. No, I'm, I'm feeling like the lid could, could blow off of this thing right. at, at any moment. If the ball doesn't bounce our way, if, if I mean, 
point blank period, if the Nets take advantage of, of the opportunities the Celtics gave them, it's not a close game at the end. The, the Nets have a clear grip, a grip of that game. When, when the Celtics allow them to take that game, they just simply didn't take it. And it's crazy because if you look, check the box score, you may look at KD's stat line, 23 points on 38% from the field, minus 13, and be like, there's the deficiency. But if Kyrie's giving me 39 on 60% from the field, I, I win most of those games. Like, I, I would think I would win those games. But you have, like, the playoffs, it's shown that the, the, big, the big scoring outputs aren't the only things that are going to win you games. Like, you have, to, you have to do the little things. The Celtics do the little things, the Nets don't. Yeah, and, and to that point, uh, on little things, we talked about the others having to be better. They combined for 23 points. The other, the, or the, the, the others that did contribute, Dragic and Claxton, if you lump them in with KD and Kyrie, those four accounted for 78.6% of all made shots for the Nets, uh, despite only taking 55% of the team's attempts. So other players are getting work. They're, they're involved. They're taking shots. They just have to be better. Um and then on the Celtics end, talking about what they can do, I, it has to start with Kyrie, right? Because KD is probably going to come out, probably going to give you 30, really no matter realistically what you do. But Kyrie gives you 39 in game one, and Kyrie is going insane in game one. Like Kyrie carrying the bulk of the load in game one. True. And I, I think that that is something that the Celtics are equipped to deal with. Correct. I don't know if they're equipped to deal with Kevin Durant you know, at the peak of his powers. Now, I say that after he just put in not a great performance. You right. have to attribute some of that to Boston. But I think when you do have guard depth like Derek White and Marcus Smart, two of the better defensive guards in the league, you have to find a way so that Daniel Tice isn't standing in front of Kyrie Irving on the perimeter, which happened a lot. Al Horford standing in front of Kyrie Irving on the perimeter. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not Ime Udoka, so I don't know exactly the ins and outs of, of where they're going to make those changes. But like, I don't know. You got two of the better guys to do it. <laughs> you have. To I mean, did they, okay, did they do an adequate job on Kevin Durant? Like, if you hold Kevin Durant to this output for the rest of the series, can you expect to win it? You will if you do that. But Durant's yeah. not going to do. That's not going to. There's no chance. You could guard Durant perfectly, and he'll still have good stats. Because he's just unguardable. I mean, good twenty three points for a lot of people. No, twenty three points on twenty four shots is bad. It's terrible. No matter it's how, really bad. no, no <laughs> matter how you square. It. Yeah, no, it's worth um, it. But to me, it's still fifty fifty. I think seven is the perfect number for this series because there'll be games where Kyrie's cold and Katie's hot, just as as likely it is for Katie to go nine to twenty four. Kyrie could go nine to twenty four. Tonight, it wouldn't be surprising at all. And I think they lose that game if he does. If But KD could drop 40 and it'd be fine. But Kyrie dropped 40. Like, my point is, if the Celtics can neutralize one of the two of them, I think they, they give themselves as good a chance to win that game as any other game in the series. I think the games that they're not going to win is when both of those numbers touch 30-plus, when both of those players are going off. Like, like, you might be able to get – like, Seth Curry had nine points in 30 minutes in game one. So you're, you're, it looks like you're going to be able to, to neutralize the others enough to where if I get if I can throw one of KD or Kyrie off, I give myself such a leg up for this game because one person's not going to carry them through the series. The Celtics are too good of a defensive team. So this game, they knocked KD off their pivot. If I can knock Kyrie off his pivot next game, KD might give us 35. KD might give us 40. But if Kyrie gives us 20 and the rest of the team is neutralized, I win that game. Yeah, but remember, that's a big they, ask. They, but that's the best defensive team in the league right there. They won this game by the skin, skin of their, skin their teeth, teeth right. when they held them down. But I, I don't think it's whether they control Kyrie and KD because I don't think that's – I don't think – you can do as much as you can, but you can't just stop them just right. as they're too good offensively. I think they win if they slow down the Nets role players more, like Claxton and Dragic and Patty Mills – all being plus eight, plus seventeen, plus ten, and all having all having great shooting percentage. They're thirteen of twenty from the field, and it's like that kind of thing. And then Thice is going to be better, and Grant Williams is going to be better for the Celtics. I just think there's the game one just proves how this series is going to play out on a large scale, but on the small scale, the little details will change. But overall. I think almost every game is going to come down to the wire. You know what's really tough? If I would have told you that four of the five Celtics starters scored 20-plus, you'd tell me, oh, they blew that team out by 30, huh? Nope. It took a last-second play to win the game. 
Jason Tatum, 31. Al Horford, 20. Jalen Brown, 23. Marcus Smart, 20. Daniel Tice is the only one, but with four. Four of the five starters, 20-plus. And, and they know, won by the skin of their teeth. And you know what the elephant in the room is if you're Boston. They still have a pretty good other who's about to come back and potentially play in game three or game yeah, four yeah. Uh, in Ben Simmons. And, I mean, we can obviously talk at length. Like, I don't really know how or who who he goes in for, but I do think whether it's Bruce Brown, whether it's Claxton. Um, you got to think it's going to be Claxton's minutes, right? Because Bruce Brown has been too versatile for him. Bruce like, Brown's, Bruce but Claxton's been, been good too. I mean, we talked about Ben Simmons it. is Ben Simmons. You have to play him a lot of minutes just because you can guard. You have the you have the person to throw on Tatum or Brown, whoever's hottest. Hot. Yeah. yeah, it's he, just such an interesting dynamic to me because, like, okay, you have this guy who could be argue like your bona fide third best player, um, and fill in a lot of the holes that you have on your team, but he hasn't played basketball in almost exactly a year. I mean, he he's been out a really long time, and to throw him into the middle of a super competitive series. I don't know if I can do that and, and and trust him for big minutes. Defensively, he's going to be there. Offensively, it might take some time. Um, and, you know, I, you mentioned Claxton. I think it makes the most sense to play him as a big. Enough of the Brett Brown pipe dream, fever dream of him being a point guard. It's positionless basketball over there. It's just, you know. Let him just get, get five, get facil- five players on the court. And, and, and yeah, yeah, just let him be defined by what he does, which yeah. is facilitate. That's great. Um, he can, he's a big body, athletic body. He can be in the dunker spot coming weak side. Like that's all you really need on offense. And Mm -hmm. I think he can be that. And so that being said, as much as it pains me to say, like he's the X factor, he is the, the series shifter. Even if uh, Boston wins this second game tonight, he, I I still might have confidence in the net. To be honest, I think Ben Simmons helps them more defensively right now than oh, yeah. offensively. Oh, 100%. Like I, think, I think offensively, they can survive without his facilitation. I don't think they can. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
they don't have it in their DNA to lock in defensively all five of them. So they need a defensive juggernaut, and, de- and Ben Simmons can be a defensive juggernaut to throw at your best player and be a cool-off blanket. I think that's what the Celtics need more than anything right now. Nash also has to be careful with lineups if Ben Simmons comes back because you can't have Simmons and Claxton in a lineup or Simmons and Drummond in a lineup because you can just foul either one of them. Paints clogged, too. It, and, yeah. and it's you're just you're doom- you can't have two sub 60% free throw shooters in the and game you have two scores in Kyrie when, and Katie when you have Kyrie and Katie who should be doing those shots anyway and who two scores who love the mid-range can't mm-hmm. pack the paint yet two scores who love to play in the mid-range too all right enough of that we could talk forever about that series we really could but game two set to come off Thursday we'll we'll come back to it next week because it'll probably still be going on by our next episode next week we'll move to the Western Conference 2-7 matchup the another the another seven series the another seven seed that could take this series 2-7 is the Timberwolves playing the number two seeded Grizzlies. The Wolves took game one, 130 to 117 behind 36 from Ant Edwards in his first playoff game. Let me say it again. 36 from Ant Edwards in his first playoff game, a man possessed. Um, and then Memphis restores order in game two. Josh says, everyone who is writing us off, stay over there. Stay on that side. We don't want y'all. He goes off for 23, 9, and 10, plus 24 in the, in the plus minus. One rebound shy of a playoff triple-double. We know we loves to do and, and get triple-doubles when it's postseason time. But this is a series that no one will be shocked again if it goes seven. Even that, no one will be shocked if the Timberwolves win it. So what really, first first what we'll say is what can each team learn from their one win so far in this series? And how do they really repeat it? What can each team learn from their, from their first win? I think for Memphis, it's pretty simple uh, in what played out. You look at, and again, we talked about for the Celtics, for teams that don't have the top, top, top end superstars, which Jaw is, is, you top. know what, you could. No, no, tippy, know, tippy, top. He's top pretty end. close. He's, he's top you end. Put, you, but you would put him up there with like Tatum. Like he's Tatum level star. Yeah, he might be, he might, yeah. He's not, he's, like, on, he's on a faster and higher right. trajectory, but he's right where Tatum is right and now. And he, yeah. he could be right. He could be, if he goes on a deep playoff run, people will be comparing him closer to like Steph. And those type level guards, mm. you know, best of the best. But I hear you. I hear you. Anyways, when you don't have that, you know, you have to rely on your depth. And all year they have done that. When Ja, we, we've talked on this podcast at length. When Ja is out, the team does not get worse like it should. Mm. They they are still a very 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 good team. And in game one, that wasn't really the case. The bench didn't show up. Clark, uh, I think, was the only player in double digits with mm. thirteen. Fast forward to game two, Clark 13, Tillman 13, Williams 13, Tyus Jones with 10, all coming off the bench. That in in and of itself will make them a very difficult team to beat whoever they play. Uh, Then we also saw what they did to Carl Anthony Towns, and that's the flip side of it, where if you're able to shut down Cat, frustrate Cat, have him pick up fouls, uh, this is going to be a quicker, much quicker series than it looked like after game one. You know what I love to see from Memphis? In game two, Taylor Jenkins benching Stephen Adams yep. that quickly. Yep. Because you have the most experienced player on the team. He's been in so many big playoff games. He gets two stupid fouls early, and he chucks him out of the game, doesn't come back. And that that's showing the rest of the team is doesn't matter how much playoff experience you have. This is what you're doing right now. We're not going to tolerate any BS. We're winning this game right now. And the rest of the team took that and just – Annihilated. How about yeah? How about a young coach like showing his stones in his like I mean his second playoffs, but it's but his first time being in in this high level or like you like Matt said this high expectations. Like how about him showing his his authority right there and benching the elder statesman like that? That's something that gets people in line. But to go back to your point, Jake, I, I think it's perfect because in game one, Ja goes off for I believe like thirty two or thirty thirty two or something like that, um, and they lose. And then in game two, you spread that scoring the rest of it out to the team. Ja only has 23, but he has 9 and 10, and they win game two. And I think they like that a lot more. And Ja was asked about that after the press conference in game two. Like, hey, only 23 points. I know you had not, you know, 9 and 10, but you only had 23 points. How do you feel about that? And he's like, I- I- we won the game. Like, I, don't, I can care less what my stats look like. I'm happy that we won the game. Now, it's easy to say when he, he didn't have a bad game, Still plus 24, but like he knew he had a great impact. He just, you know, he knew that he distributed that elsewhere, so they won. Now, if he, you know, he has 23 points and it's on, 
you know, seven of 24 from the field, that might be a little different, you know, but he also played like six few minutes because it was a blowout. Right. Too. Right. So like, you know, I, 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 I like your point, Jake. I think that's, I think that's what's going to want to help the, the Grizzlies kind of take control, get back into the series. Yeah. You know what serves them right to have to bench Steven Adams. You need a center who's stretchy and can get you 10 rebounds a game. Maybe you shouldn't have shipped off Jonas Valanciunas to the lowly Pelicans, but you can't hold him down. They're back. They're in the playoffs. They are one seed hot. They're back. Oh, you're talking about the Grizzlies. No, I'm what talking about, no, yeah. about Pelicans. Yeah. But um, I think to answer the question, I think what the Timberwolves learned about their game one win is they can go on the road and win in the playoffs. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that was just a momentum win. I don't think that was just a you know a luck win, and then you caught them sleeping in game one. I think they learned that they can they can really muscle up, go on the road, and have their best players, even though they're young, perform in the playoffs. And you're gonna have to come back to Memphis. You're not, you know, it's it's mathematically you're gonna have to come back to Memphis and win a game. So I think you you shouldn't. If they be win scared all their home it. games. They don't have to win in Memphis again. They have to come back to Memphis for Game Five. Yeah, but they could lose and then win Game Six. Yeah, but I'm saying they have to. They like in the series they have to come back to Memphis. They can't like they can't pull this mm-hmm. out in in Minnesota. So when they come back to Memphis, they shouldn't be scared of coming back to Memphis for game five. They should be, you know, more than confident to do so. We can win in here. If if they, they may even have, you know, it's unlikely, but they may even have the series t- so much in their grasp that a game five could be the decisive game five in the series. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't run from that. They should know that's very, very obtainable for them. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think... If you're the Timberwolves, you've seen that you are good, like good enough to hang, which I mean, I don't think the general public believed coming into this series. Like, okay, Minnesota's an exciting young team. Uh, Minnesota is has good young players that we're excited about, but I don't know, put up against the Grizzlies. If anyone, if you if I said the you know, the Grizzlies swept them, I don't think anyone would have been super surprised or, or put up, you know, that that big of a fight that that couldn't happen. But I do raise a big time eyebrow at the play of Carl Anthony Towns. You you can make the case he's the third best center, fourth best center in the league if you're a Gobert fan, which I'm not. I'll say he's the third best. <laughs> which I'm not. Which I'm certainly not. I'll say he's the third best center in the league. You can't have performances where you have 15 points, 11 rebounds in 28 minutes. Uh, you have five turnovers and you're a minus. 21, I, 21. and five fouls. Can, can, um, if you want to be that best of the best, if you want to be a team that goes to the Western Conference Finals, beats two seeds, things of that nature, that can never happen, ever. I got to think that if Cat turns it on and and is in the playoffs consistently what he is in a regular season, Minnesota has more firepower than Memphis. Like Memphis is, is a scintillating team, a very high-flying and exciting team, but at their highest – no one on Memphis can explode. Like, no one, no number two on Memphis can explode like Cat can, can explode from Minnesota. Like, Jaron can't give you the crazy output that Cat can give you. So, if you have Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards both playing at their absolute best in the playoffs, I got to think they could outpace Memphis. I really do. Well, which is why they need to rely on that depth because you're right. Like, yes, players. You could say maybe Cat versus Jaw is a wash. Beyond there, you would probably take the next. And Edward, Edwards versus Triple J? You take Ann Edwards. And the scoring output, yeah, I'm taking you, Ann Edwards. Well, you take him, yeah. Yeah, you take, yeah, but then three, four, five, six, seven, you take Memphis. You take Memphis. And so that's that's really huh? my point. Who's number three on Memphis? Desmond Bain? Yeah, okay, maybe after I'm taking, three. I'm going to say, three. I'm taking Dem, I take D-Lo. Four, five, six, seven, eight. You take, you take Memphis. You and that's, and, and, and that's that really is four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I take Bain over D-Lo. No, I, thought, I don't think anyone yeah. would blame you for taking either one. I don't think that's a. It's close. I, I don't think. I don't close. think that's a debate we shouldn't even spend right. much yeah. time on. To be honest, but but at, you're right in the both. Of you are right in the point of the depth goes to Memphis. You got to rely on that. But it, look, it, it's gonna be. It might be hard to outpace Cat and Edwards just just what's, giving it their all. What's good about the Minnesota loss is when you're an underdog in the playoffs, the last thing you can do is waste a good performance. And everybody stunk for Minnesota. Hmm. So and you're, when you have Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, who can go off from time to time, and if you need to take advantage of them going off, and they all stunk, so they didn't miss an opportunity. When they win the series, if, if every game that they 
this is going to sound simple, but every time you can't lose, you can't win the series if you have a game where Anthony Edwards is 30, Cat is 25, D'Lo is 20. If you lose that game, you have no shot of winning. They can't do what Brooklyn did. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, but Brooklyn is better than. I, I, yeah. I'm right. I'm not saying yeah. it applies, but that type of situation yeah. where you really should win the game. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Only thing I'll say, last thing I'll say about Towns is that when he is going, like we saw in game one, when he's talking crap in people's face and screaming at people, dunking over people, it opens up for both Russell and Edwards. It's like the seas parted because now you can't shift coverage to stop mm-hmm. the penetration of an Edwards drive or the rotation is slow to get to D'Lo when it's kicked to him. Like, it just makes life so much easier for that entire team when he's getting consistent post touches and able to convert on, you know, 50, 60% of those touches. Well, I mean, Memphis was able to frustrate him in game one, and the blueprint has been out on cap for a little bit. If you put a smaller big on him, it frustrates him. He doesn't get into his rhythm. They're able to throw Brandon Clark on him a lot in game one and frustrate him. Or I'm sorry, a lot in game two and frustrate him. Game one, he beat the matchup. And if I'm Cat, if I see a smaller defender on me, I have to win that matchup every every single time. It's not an option. And in game in game one, he won it. Game two, he didn't, and they frustrated him. Like it, it, that it is frustration is a good word for it because he, you could tell he gets it takes him out of his like yeah. headspace. Like he gets visibly upset when he gets called. He does. We were talking before the show about <laughs> Harden. He's another one who chose the Cat is getting. <laughs> Like this, he he puts shoulders down, hands out, palms out. Any every call, he will do it. Nah, but Cat's got a different. There are a couple like complaining faces that annoy me in the league. He's got an annoying. He's got it all. First team, all annoying, complaining face. He looked like he's about to cry. Like I'm like he. Like I really think he's about to cry sometimes. At the time, well, obviously the famous cousins of him trying to back down to Marcus Cousins. Yeah, he looks like he's pain. He's in pain. Like like I I can't stand it. I I really can't stand it. But. I do, yeah, I, if Minnesota gets a, a full, complete cat, it's going to be tough. But if Memphis gets their full output, it's going to be tough for Minnesota to handle. So we see that series going seven, or we think, we think no. Memphis can pull it No, out. I think Memphis pulls away. Memphis I, wins in five or six. I think got their swagger back. Like I think like this is a team that we have to figure out. They're the, they're the hottest team in the league. We didn't see them down the stretch. So they got us in game one. But once we strategize, get our, you know, our game plan back, I think we got the control of it. But – Minnesota did what they needed to do. You steal a game on the road, you make this now an even series going back home. We'll see. Um, But we had to add this series in because the news of Devin Booker broke today on Thursday um, that he is most likely going to miss games three and game four uh, in the Suns-Pelicans series. This is a 1-8 matchup that made it in the going seven question mark segment. Pain. That's That's why it doesn't fit in. It's not supposed to be here. Pain (laughs) for me. But... Just and, and we are we are the media. We're a little susceptible to this, just as everybody else the is. Roller coaster. The overreaction to to what happened to what we saw. But Devin Booker goes out. Brandon Brandon Ingram goes off, and the Pelicans win Game Two, one twenty five, one fourteen. After the Suns cruise to a Game One victory, one ten to ninety nine, which. The final score doesn't tell you about that game. I actually think that's very too close of a final score for Game One, but. In game one, the parodies of game one and game two are there. The big three, Phoenix's big three for game one combined for 76 points, 30 for 50 from the field combined, CP 37 and 10 and three steals. And then you go into game two and it was all Devin Booker from the start. 31 points before he goes out. It's clearly his game. No one else really needs to, really else really thinks they need to put their stamp on this game. And then he goes down and, and, and no one else is going off for the Suns, but for the Pelicans, people kicked it up a notch. Brandon Ingram, 37, 11, and 9 on 62 from the field. CJ McCollum, 23, 8, and 9. Yeah, them boys was getting after it a little bit. So, if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can the Suns really stay afloat in games three and game four without without Booker? At the least. Absolutely. Remember, yeah. remember. Give how, me some hope here, Matt, please. Remember, I'm sorry we're on a dark path. Remember how like the Magic used to win like game one or game two? And then All the they time. Get smoked? All the time. This is what the smells. Like, like <laughs> Devin Booker. Unbelievably important player. If this was the second round against Dallas or Utah or the conference finals against Memphis or Golden State, all hands on deck panic. You're playing a 36-win Pelicans team. You're 36 wins. Yeah, They're yeah. fine. I hope so. They're if, fine. It's okay. The Pelicans are shooting the lights out from three. That's not going to sustain itself. That's not sustainable. They're shooting 49% from three. For the two games, the Suns are sixth best in the league, holding opponents to 34%. That's not going to keep up. Maybe this goes six, but it's not like a close. No, they had a, what, a franchise record, 17 threes last night. You got to shoot the absolute lights out to beat us. It, if this goes seven. It's not, stop, stop, stop saying that like it's such a possibility. It's going to be a positive thing. If it does, they should retroactively give Devin Booker the MVP. I don't care what the awards were. If he, if they lose to the Pelicans or go to seven with the Pelicans without Devin Bo- Booker, not gonna happen. He is the league's most valuable player. And what all of the stats, advanced stats that that people use to give Jokic the MVP and other players, like they all tell you, oh, he's, it's just he's a system. It's not a system player. I don't want to call him a system player, but not he's boosted player. up by the Phoenix um, supporting cast. It is a little scary that they got busted up really bad, like really bad without him in that second half by a Pelicans team that has been the butt of the joke for some part of the season. They've been much better since acquiring McCollum that they're nothing to joke about. But I think I will end this. They're going to be okay. Take a breath. Uh, but it is, it's going to be a little tougher. There's not going to be any roles like we saw in game one. I mean, I look at, Phoenix's offensive rating with Devin Booker on the court, 109.4. And then their offensive rating with him off the court is 104. I'm not seeing a, a drastic change there. So I'm, um, that, that gives me some solace. That's okay. We, we know how to operate. And he missed 14 games in the beginning of the season. And Chris Paul still had the Suns number one in the Western Conference. Here's the issue is that that 104 with him off the court is considering that it's usually the bench unit who's in there. Right, right, now right. with him out of there – it's a taking, starting lineup, yeah. You're taking the, the best player off that bench unit. Um, and then also, right, he's going, that bench player will be in the um, starting lineup. So I, I think, and we looked into this, the most common lineup with all four starters uh, and not and a replacement for Devin Booker, the most common Booker replacement is Landry Shamit. Uh, and when he is in those lineups, 
They are nine points worse than their starting lineup, than their normal starting lineup on offense, nine points worse, but 10 points better on the defensive side. So really, you gain a point. It's a really small sample size. They haven't often had to be without Devin Booker. So uh, I, I, I would say all that to say, I think it's going to be. No, you know what that points to? It's a small sample size, you're right, a small microcosm. But what it points to is the fact that, like, when when Devin Booker goes out, we become much more of a defensive-minded team. And we know that our biggest scorer is out, so we can't try to fill that gap on offense. We're not going to do that. We know that we're going to have to – some people are going to have to pick up the slack, but where we're going to fill that void is on the defensive end. They get – better on defense because I think they just become much more locked in. Like, hey, Jay Crowder had one of them um Tony Snell stat lines in game in game one. Like one one point, one rebound, one assist, 35 minutes played. But Jay Jay Crowder's impact is absolutely felt on all those little things. And I think that's just what that points to. And I think that's what we gotta do. And what have we learned about Chris Paul's career? He can take on like a lesser cast of teammates and elevate them to being a lot better than they actually are. At least past the first round, right? right. Yeah, we, look we at today. Or just like what he did just with the OKC better. a couple yeah. years ago, dragging them to a horrible team to the playoffs mm-hmm. through, through sheer force of will and getting uh, the Sixers maxi <laughs> for doing that. I was <laughs> talking about that. It, Mike Muscala does need an award. The fans of Philadelphia. <laughs> that game set. winner, yeah. That he literally game hit like two back to back threes <laughs> to beat the Heat, who ended up going to the finals that year. Storybook stuff. I'm, I'm going to say it's much more likely that in about a week we hear Phoenix resting Devin Booker for game five because they're up 3-1 right. than we are Phoenix in trouble 2-2 and Booker isn't fully healthy yet. I mean, this is at the very least, does it not give us an opportunity to like get other guys like, like a spots in the playoffs that they probably wouldn't see unless it was all garbage time or blowouts. Like now, Aaron Holiday's minutes got to go up. Now I need to see campaign be what campaign was last year in our playoff run and be the best backup point guard in the league, come off the bench and give us some 20-point outbursts, mm-hmm. some 25-point outbursts. Um, Cam Johnson's role as six-man has now significantly elevated, right? Like he was a six-man of the year candidate. You got to be all of that now going forward in these next two games. So if that all that happens, Matt, yes. Then we absolutely, you know, I can see that headline going up. But just like in the Minnesota Memphis series, the Pelicans did their job. Like you steal now, we win both in New Orleans and get it back to where it's supposed to be, and all is all as well that ends well. But like you stole they stole a game at, at home in, in Phoenix. Like you win one on the road and, and you've done your job as the visiting team. Now just defend home court. Minnesota's a much better team than much better. Though. Matt, I'm in a dark place right now. So, All right, you gotta understand where I'm at. Minnesota. Imagine James Harden goes down. Where would you be at? Where would you? Where would your mental be yeah, at? Be pretty bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a very the scary place. The gap between Minnesota and the Pelicans is roughly the same as the gap between the Pelicans and the Blazers. Like that's how big the difference is in the teams. Yeah, I, you know, and it's it's so it is much easier for you to stink. See. I know, but they beat us. Uh, like, and also, like, I say this half joking. No NBA team in 2022 playing a man named Herbert Jones 41 minutes in an NBA playoff Don't sleep game. on Herb Jones now. I say, I, look, I respect Herb Jones. He's a fine player. Yeah, I'm not going to let someone named Herbert play 41 <laughs> minutes and beat me. Like, I just, I don't know if I could ever let that pass. Not Herbert. Not Herbert. Not, not the, genuinely not Herbert. Like, no, I'm not going to do Herbert. You, not this Herbert. Is 2022, dude. SEC defensive that's player dude, of the year. That's the dude who was playing Bob Cousy in them, Herbert. Oh, Herbert. man. That's what people are going to say. Hell, man. JJ said, JJ Reddick oh, on first takes today said that Bob Cruz was going against plumbers that, that, yeah, and, and firemen. That. that is absolutely here. So we don't give this series. What, what's the most in this? What's the most the series could go to, in your opinion? Six. You yeah, think I it think could so, go seven? Um, no, if it goes, if it goes, if they, I, I would say they can win at most one more. One more game. I'm giving this the most. old Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X. Relax. Are you telling that to yourself or to everybody? Well, yeah. Absolutely to myself. <laughs> both, both. If I could look, where's the mirror at over there? Yeah, if I could say it to myself and only myself, absolutely I would. Um, but that does wrap up the, the first round talk. We obviously didn't talk about every series, talked about the most scintillating ones, but 
You know, Ooh. Jones are boring. We 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 could spend the block next Wednesday and be talking about it. No, to... don't go up to Wait. Toronto and get clapped up now. <laughs> <laughs> don't That's go true. don't go up to the six and get clapped up now. As long as we can avoid that, we'll come in here next Wednesday and I'll uh, toast Trey Young's defeat. That if my series amazing. is still going on next week when we come in here, I'll be very unhappy. Me too. I'll be very unhappy. Well, not it. for Phoenix if it's the Sixers. In that well, what's game, the but... schedule? Like, you, or, I don't even know what the schedule is, but I, but I, but I imagine <laughs> that by next one, or or if Wednesday could be like that, we close it out. If we're not if we're not getting ready to close it out by next time, if the site isn't near, but we will move on because, of course, I always have some degenerate gamblers on my podcast, and they and they it literally itches at them when we don't talk about betting for an episode or two. So they they against my will. Put some betting in the in the in the script. <laughs> no, we gotta get some betting content in. It's always good. Whose so, idea was it? Kyle's or I Jake? think it was mine. Yeah. Naturally, it was just Matt. Think like about it. Whose idea was it's it? A layup. Whose <laughs> idea was it? It's, anyway, we're gonna go into uh, Jake's favorite topic, and that is sports gambling. Printer. People want to know, James. <laughs> we're gonna call his next segment "Bet It or Forget It." Um, we're gonna I'm gonna name you guys some bets, and you guys are gonna tell me if it's a good bet. Bet it. If it's a bad bet, forget it. And you can name and and multiple multiple bets in the same category can be bets, right? You you can yeah, you oh can yeah. co-sign multiple bets. All right, the first one for the series to go seven. Right now, you have the Timberwolves Grizzlies series set at plus one fifty one. Jake, better to forget it. Hmm. At plus one fifty one to go seven games. Uh, you are getting plus money. It's not a ton of plus money. I we just talked about how we kind of think that. Memphis is is going to take hold of this series, and I do. It makes sense. Like for this series to be super competitive, I think the Timberwolves' top three players. We talked about the edge probably goes to them. There, they need to be the best of the best, the best they can be every single game. Mm-hmm. For Memphis, you need some of the same for your stars, but really it comes down to those other four, five, six guys that they have that are depth. Um, you need a couple of them them to perform. And you you come out ahead. I'm 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 gonna forget this one. I don't think I'm taking. It. Absolutely forget it. Yeah. Bad value. Just when we get to the one below, it's much better value. I think Grizzlies are so clearly better than Minnesota. People are overreacting to Minnesota winning one game. It's fine. Um, it could go seven, but I need to see a two in front of there instead of a one to start thinking about betting. It. I hear you. I need more of an output to you know to to bet that, but. I do just off the straight strip, strip the numbers away. Would I bet this series to go seven and, and would be comfortable putting some money down? Like, give me give me some good odds. Like, yeah, I, and, and like I wouldn't be surprised if, if Minnesota takes this this series seven. If this, yeah, if it honestly like this is one that like I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just as we've all kind of stated, like the number just has to be right. Right, uh, plus one fifty is not the correct it's number. I I would bet it. At, out to like plus 300 is when I would start thinking about it. Okay. Well, Matt likes this one a lot better. Celtics Nets to go seven games is plus 161. Um, better to forget this it, This screams This screams seven games, this whole series. I just – they're so evenly matched. There's so much animosity. Everything about this series screams seven. The number is better than the other number, which means if I like a bet this much, it means – uh, fade me. So fade to because it's too good. It's that's how much I like it that I'm saying forget it because it's, it's too good. It's too good. I, I'm gonna say forget it because of again the things that we talked about in the breakdown of this series when Ben Simmons, if and when we don't know when exactly that will be, uh, comes back. I think we're looking at a uh, the, the the court will be tilted more towards Brooklyn than we saw it in Game One. That could even be the case tonight without him when they make some adjustments. Uh, I'm going to forget it because I I happen to think the Nets are going to close this out in five or six games. Oh, then Brooklyn plus I think they're plus one eighty to win the series. I would yeah I would ra- I would definitely rather take yeah Brooklyn I mean to win the series. I, I don't think you're crazy for that. If I'm Brooklyn, I I even though I lost Game One, I think I got I got. Boston, right where I want them. Like you like, win this game. Like I, if I'm, I scored twenty three points, and it it took me falling asleep on defense for y'all to win the game. Like I, I I bet my money more on KD and Kyrie going off every game than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going off every game. And if KD and Kyrie are going off for the rest of the series, I'm betting Brooklyn. I really think that they they could pull it together if they win game two. A lot of this is contingent on what they do. 
Thursday night on game two. But if they win game two and, and take that back to Brooklyn 1-1, it gets real shaky for Boston, man. All right, we'll move on to the next one. That's finals MVP. Kyrie Irving right now to win finals MVP plus 6,000. Jake. About 60 to 1 to you non-degenerates out there. Yeah, there you go. Like me. Jake, I, better to forget it. I love I'm 60 to so 1 glad. Odds. I am so glad. Is this you, Matt? Did you already yeah, bet this? I, I found it. That is, that's like when you're like in 1949, Matt, <laughs> ting, hitting away at the gold mine. Boom, nugget falls out. That's great value. Like I would, that's like a bet I would bet right now. Kyrie Irving 60 to 1. Uh, if Brooklyn's going to get there, it's either going to be him or KD, period. And they, they are the two top. I mean, I would say once Ben Simmons comes back, as we've said throughout the, as if I've ben said Simmons throughout the episode, finals MVP, I'm stuck. Well, no, no, I'm no, not no, gonna no. Watch no, 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 no. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. <laughs> Easy big fan. But, Easy big fan. When that when he does come back, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. I don't see any reason why Kyrie Irving shouldn't be one of the top eight, top six players. I mean, if you if you're a Brooklyn a fan of Brooklyn's team, which I think they're good enough to to win the East, I really like that bet. Yeah, I think sixty to one is incredible value. Because we've seen Kyrie take over in a series, in many playoff series in his history. If you get someone like Phoenix, I don't see uh, Chris Paul is a great defender, but their talent is wing defenders. It's guarding, so they're going to throw all their players at Durant. Please, please don't slight the point guard on defense like that. I was with you up until you invoked the name of Chris Paul. I love I just, Chris Paul. I'll, up until you invoked I'll the point guard. I'll take isolation on a guy over 35 every day of the week. It's not his fault. Clip that. <laughs> Clip all Clip it. Clip all that. Clip but, all but that. I just think Kyrie has a better chance of having a great I don't great even care theory. about the stupid bet anymore. <laughs> uh, Kyrie, if they played Phoenix in the series, they, I think Kyrie and I think Phoenix is a favorite to come out of the West. Obviously, a great opportunity for him to win Finals MVP. Nets are one of the favorites to win the Finals. Having Kyrie at sixty to one, great value. An award, an award like that is part narrative driven too. We, you know, Andre Iguodala got the Finals MVP straight off narrative, no stats at all, straight off narrative. Him beating the matchup if they win, him quote unquote winning the matchup of Chris Paul if he does, Matt, I think would get him Finals MVP in all seriousness. Yeah, I I think it just should be said, just for frame of reference, the top five listed for the award, and we found these at BetMGM. Uh, the other big sites didn't have them up. I guess they're adjusting the odds, or you might not even be able to bet on them anymore, but you can find them at BetMGM. Number one is Devin Booker, plus 450, followed by Steph Curry, plus 500. Giannis, plus 550, third. Then you have your guy, point God, Chris Paul, plus 800. He's coming in fourth, and then Tatum is fifth. Uh, plus 1,100. You have to go a couple more notches down for the next one. And I'm already going to tell you that this is a bet. This is a smash bet. Joel Embiid. Has to be Joel Embiid MVP. This is, this is, the, this is like, so the scales have been tipped in the side of Let evil. me, can I, can I announce it? Can I officially announce it? Go ahead. <laughs> then you're go into your spiel. Joel Embiid is the next one. Plus 1,800, Jake, better forget it. So the evils have been, (laughs) the scale has been tipped to their side. This will be the writing of the ship when Embiid leads the Sixers and James Harden to his first championship he will be awarded with the MVP. I mean, whatever. As a Sixers fan, I I like the First of all, first of all, (laughs) if the Sixers get to and win the finals, absolutely Joel Embiid is is MVP. I think that's a great bet. Just because the Sixers win the championship, there's no chance anybody else gets it but Joel Embiid. And then if he does... There's an outside shot Harden gets it. Outside. And I'm talking about outside across the street locked in a car. You can't get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's unobtainable, but it's outside. But it's it's unobtainable. But And and also, like just, just for fun, if you guys do win the finals and he wins finals MVP, I can see the NBA giving him the the consolation MVP next year like sorry right yeah, yeah like, like, like my, my fault like, here you go <laughs> deserves it yeah, yeah, I, I like what you said James if you're thinking about betting the Sixers to win the finals bet and be doing finals MVP yeah. anyway because you get better odds it goes hand it goes hand in hand right like you might as well double down mm-hmm. on it if you think the, the Sixers, Sixers doing the finals. the finals is plus 1200 so. I, and let's put it plain and simple the Sixers don't win the finals if if Embiid's not finals MVP then I win the finals Correct. like if James I to be honest if James Harden's the best player in that series Matt I don't think they win the finals I, I think he Embiid's got to be the best player in any series for them to win 
Um, so bet that down. And then next one is John Moran. If they get there, he's plus 2,300 to win the award. Matt, bet it or forget it. Forget it. I just don't think uh, he's ready to take that leap yet. The odds aren't juicy enough. This is where the odds for Kyrie and Josh should be flipped, honestly. But here's the thing. So you're by you saying that he's not ready yet, it's the same thing with Embiid, where if Jaws no, not, not no, if Jaws not no no, but in this, wait, <laughs> in this sense, that if Jaws not ready to lead the Grizzlies to the finals, they don't get to the finals. So it's 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 to me, this is a statement that the Grizzlies aren't like championship ready. Yeah, that, that's why I'm not betting. This. That's where I'm at, especially because their their matchup next round is going to be the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. I, like, forget about it. Forget about <laughs> that. Like, let genuinely forget that we even brought it up because they are not getting by the Warriors. There, there are players on the Warriors who I would bet on. I find it very interesting. The first number two that is listed. Let me just double. Ch- oh no, I'm sorry. I don't know if we want to call Chris Paul number two, but he technically is the first He's number, two, yeah, number, number two. two listed. The yeah, second number two. two Third number two. Uh, 1B. Third 1B. number two is Jordan two. Poole. I, I say all this to say third number two is Jordan Poole. The second number two listed is Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, I would be more inclined to bet, to bet on Jordan Poole, to be honest. But I'm, I wouldn't do that. One, I do want to throw out there that's not listed, but it'll be quick. Uh, I think Luka Doncic 50-1 to one is currently one of the better values. Ah. It's up there with Kyrie. Luka ah. Doncic 50-1 to one because ah. they're going to win this series. And then they are going to nah, be able they will to They're going to win this series because of who? In the second round, they they're will They're going to win this series because of who? Oh, I see, I see what's good. Because Luka's coming back. Because of that Nova boy, Jalen Brunson. That's why they're going to win this series. 41. This one. This one, oh, this one. Yeah. Oh, this That's is, what I said. But how about the finals? Which he would have to win. <laughs> Jalen Brunson will be a part of that. We're but I, I just think like of guys that we're talking about, like when yeah. you look and compare names, it's like you're looking down there in the 50 to 1 range and you look across from him. And you have James Harden, Draymond Green, guys who are number twos. He's like a bona fide number one, going to take all the shots, all the usage. Mm-hmm. So I like that one. You like that one? All right. Luka. We'll move on to some others that we found. No no real category, just others, you know, kind of hot ones that we want to get your takes on. Uh, se- sorry, 76ers versus Nets conference finals matchup is plus 650. Matt, better to forget it. I like it. Just because I had a bet on Milwaukee versus Sixers in the conference finals at plus 475, it has gotten that before the playoffs, it's now plus 300, so I don't think it's worth it. So I like this because since the Nets are down 0-1, the odds are a little juiced up. Plus 650, you have to like the Sixers over the Heat, obviously, and you have to not like Milwaukee in the second round. I think these are fair odds. So it's honestly, it's not a lock in, bet it or forget it, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on. I, right. I was literally about to say, it's not a forget it, it's a put to the back of your put mind. Put a pin in it, right? Put yeah. a pin in it because this could really get juiced up to like eight to one or something if both, if Brooklyn goes down 2 0 and then Philly, if they lose tonight and it's 2 1, and you can then, you know. I don't really think that those results would change how I feel about the series. Obviously, Boston, now you start to hold your breath if, you, if you're betting on the Nets. But, yeah, that that's one that I'm keeping my eye on. Not going to bet it yet, but I'll keep my eye on it. Okay. All right, next one. <sighs> Pelicans to win the series versus the Suns. It's plus 210. Jake, better forget it. I'm not forgetting this one. In fact, if I'm someone who works for – uh, FanDuel, where this was listed, I'm taking it to the manager and getting who made it fired. Yeah, like what? Who made this line? Two ten. This is not the. Cr- yeah, this is not wide enough. This is the one versus eight seed, and Devin Booker's a great player, and they still have probably four players on their uh, three player. When we do like the, you know, number one versus number one, they probably still win that matchup four out of five times. Right. Um, beyond that, so. I, I I I would never bet this at, at that Absolutely number. Absolutely forget it. Horrible bet. Worst bet you could make this entire playoff. <laughs> Makes no sense. We don't sense. like this one. Jake wants to put it in the hall of infamy. Makes no sense that it there's there it would make more sense if it was 12-10. 
than it does two ten. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's just absurd. Thanks, thanks for like talking me off a ledge there. Because I'm like, do they really think it's that much of a possibility that Honestly, the Pelicans it, win the series? It is a little curious, like what's going like, on. Like, are they trying to take people money like this? Do they know something that we don't? Know? How many games is Scott Foster ref in? Right. Yeah. That's what they know. <laughs> Gasp. Every single one. Gasp. No, all of them. No, yeah. Right. All right. Next one and the last one we'll go over. The Sixers just sweep the Raptors. It's plus two hundred. Jake, better to forget it. Uh, plus two hundred is probably about where it would be. I I have a feeling Toronto grabs one, but without Scotty Barnes, it's been a little tough. Wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers sweep. It'll be a big statement tonight if they romp them for the third straight time. The series is over. Um. I'll bet it just because I'm a homer. How can I not? From from the novice point of view, there's too much championship DNA in Toronto. Hey, they're not going to roll over. They're not. They're not going to roll over. They didn't even look. They were getting steamrolled by LeBron, and they would do their best. They get one. They, I mean, they we're get so one. bad in Toronto historically. Yeah. we always lose at Toronto. And and for what it's worth, for what it's worth, games one and game two didn't seem like they would be that different if Matisse Thybulle wasn't there, but he was there. You know, like hypotheticals are cool, but he was there. To, if someone did start to go off, you could put him they, there. If Siakam starts to get rolling, we've seen that there's 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 no one you can go put on him. Well, what I'll say, you you are completely correct about that. Like, it's not like he made a massive impact, but uh, when you look a little deeper, like a lot of the actions that they run with Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent, they'll come up on either side of the wings, and they'll have Maxi and Thibel blowing up those actions because they're so fast. Uh, and have such great length and reach, they're able to cover both the guy with that, who has the ball, and then they can get back um, down low if needed. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they'll probably drop one overall. Not for, for, forget it. Sixers haven't had a four-game sweep since the 1983 NBA Finals. Did y'all bet any of these bets that you put not in the yet. script? Not yet. That's it. I got. I got. I. I these put, are all. I put a little <laughs> like, on. Like, why did you put all these MVP. bets in the script just to forget? Just to, you just tell me. We people. didn't forget all of them. Yeah, I'm, a I'm, good amount of them. I'm going to bet MGM, and I'm betting on Luca and Embiid. But yeah, you, and you added you added Luca in there. Okay, Kyrie, you're taking. I'm taking Kyrie. I'm okay. taking Joel. I was gonna say was this a, was this a segment just to tell people what to avoid, what not to what not to go into? Which this is bad. this is a look at what we see, the, and the this betting is what landscape. we like about it. The, the betting landscape. Yep. All right, we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It's been a good one, but as always. We can get some shots about the buzzer. He's got someone. Someone got something to say at the buzzer to close this out. Uh, Kyle would really appreciate this if you play MLB the show. You would appreciate this. Uh, I packed Mike Trout, which is like the rarest Hello. card in the game. Hello. He's, I think he might be the best card now. It's either him or Acuna is the best in the game. Uh, what stings is that I'm really bad, so it doesn't really matter. Like uh, it's great that he has great stats. I stink. Um, he's worth a lot on like the in-game currency. So I'm going to try and flip him for real money. We're going to see how that works. I'll keep you guys updated. Hit me up if you want him. Jake trying to move a Mike Trout card. I'm, try- on I'm, try- I'm trying to flip a, I'm mad at a Mike Trout brick. I'll hate the- <laughs> flip it. I'll hate the hustle. Snowfall. PSA to all Phillies fans. It's always bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Just yeah, to- man. Yeah, be yeah. surprised when they aren't when they don't disappoint you because every year we see all the off season changes. Oh, it's going to be different this time. Oh, and then I, <laughs> I disagree. That's what we see that la- most years we don't see the off season changes. And then we still convince ourselves through the first month of the season that they're going to be different because they're good this year. They made the changes, Matt, and we stake even earlier, but here's, here's what I was saying to Jake. And this might be – this is the only time that the delusional Philly fan in me is present when talking about the Phillies, and I hate that for myself, is I'd almost rather have them stink now. Like now, now there's only way – don't look at him with that. Don't give him that smug look. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that because there, there is a silver lining in that. They could be the hottest team in baseball through the first two months of the season like they normally do, then crap out in July with not enough time to make up for it. There's only one place to go from here, and that's up. And and I just pray by the grace of God that they do go up, but I'd rather be down in April than be down in July. We're looking at 84 and 78, boys. Yeah. Slight improvement, still missed the wild card by like four games. I was about <laughs> to say, 84 and 78 doesn't give us the wild card? I doubt it. 
Didn't they add a team too? Oh, no, are there more teams this year? Uh, that I don't know what the MLB. That we'll have to fact check. Um, yeah, I, I uh, baseball's so long. Like it's just like I, I almost would rather them, right? As you said, not be good now because I'm, I'm not. We, we've, we still have how many more months? Well, we can't. I can't end that MLB season when the NBA season's over. Right. I still, I still have basketball to watch. You got plenty of time to stink it up before I start actually caring about anything in the baseball realm. <sighs> Fun along at five and eight, not good. If it was like seven and six, I wouldn't be really worried about them. Because, but five and eight, it's just like you got to stay in the mix. They're already four and a half games out of first place. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dark clouds are coming in. Are coming in quick, boys. Let's uh, let's get to the dollar dog nights where we can. <laughs> let's get I think the, I am going to the next. Let's get one the second. Oh, you, you, they could be the worst team in baseball. Catch me at a dollar dog. Punish night. one of them dollar <laughs> dog nights. Catch me at a dollar dog night, man. Um, all I gotta say at the buzzer is I am I'm heading up to Penn State this weekend for the blue white game. Um, haven't I don't go to Penn State often. I've never been. I, yeah, it's it's not a place that you know we visit. You know, Jake off camera behind the curtain. You and I don't talk very highly at Penn State often, you know. Used to be like that for Nova, so maybe there's a chance to change. No, oh, me, never Nova. Me, well, never no, not Nova. you, me. Oh, okay. No, me, me, me. I'm fired out here, man. You're the awkward. You're not out here talking bad about All right, Nova. Come on, man. But, uh, yeah. So, what hey, are you? Uh, I'm going to – think I'm going to be with our guy, LeVar, um, trying to meet up with him. But I'm just, you know – I just say that to you know, just make sure you all just say extra prayer for me while I'm out there. You there know, you, you know, the the Happy Valley can go eerie sometimes. You got to no get intro intended. to the uh, the future NFL players, and then you'll have that relationship. That's so you hear to heard to hear first from James, uh, the star of Penn State, whoever that ends up being, <laughs> will be on this podcast in two years. Sean Clifford, that is a that you could stamp that. Please don't stamp that. <laughs> no, <laughs> please no one out there. Please no one out there stamp that. But. That would be pretty cool. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It's been a great one. We, uh, we're thinking of our brother out there, Kyle Sirik. I don't want mean to say that as if, like, he's, you know. Hey, he's doing work. He's just like he's at work very late. But, you know, remember him as we had a good episode. But, as always, it's been great cracking the mic with my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.